If you listen to the Barra Media Podcast Network, then you've probably heard of the company United Harvest. But I don't think you've heard of their subscription base. That's right. You can subscribe to buy meat. Go to unitedharvest.com. Look at their curated boxes. They already have boxes put together that you can subscribe to monthly if you want. Just get boxes of meat shipped to your door monthly. And it's like dinner forever. It's dinner for a month, 30 days. I don't know. It's a lot of meat. Check it out. Go to unitedharvest.com. Go to their curated boxes. Subscribe. Subscribe to meat like you subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the meat. Unitedharvest.com. If you go and go to the curated boxes, go to checkout, type in friends15 for 15% off your first order. Unitedharvest.com. Check it out. I don't even know how to remotely start a podcast. I don't know how to start a conversation. (laughs) If I could be any celebrity, I'd be Will Winner. Please, for the love of God, if you're listening to this and you still tuck your jeans in your boots, reach down, pull those bad boys out, all right? We're done with that. We're done with that. I am 97 pounds of... Twisted steel and sex appeal. Next! I should have brought my recorder. I could have played Hot Cross Buns. Is that that illegal? (laughs) When our two moms listen to this podcast, they're going to be like... Our two moms. They're going to be super proud of us. Welcome (laughs) to the Keeper Pen. Hello, everyone. We haven't podcasted in years. Is that even a word? I had to do the one-year deal. You know, like... We haven't been, I haven't done so many things in years, but we're back. Um, We are so excited to do our continuation with season two and the boss babes. It's gone over so well. um, And we're so, so excited for what 2021 has in store for the keeper pin. And with that, I'll let Maddie introduce our fabulous guests. The first one of the 2021 keeper pin year. Yeah, so at this rate, with how much everybody is loving the Boss Babes, we might just have Keeper Pin Boss Babe season 100 someday. So who knows? We may just keep it rolling. Um, but tonight, I am very happy to introduce Dr., right? Yes, ma'am. Dr. Bailey Buck. And we are so excited to have her. I've had the pleasure of knowing her throughout my childhood. And I guess I'm in adulthood now, sort of. I guess you'd consider myself adulty. Um, I've loved getting to watch her as she's gone through her really unique journey of becoming a doctor. So I will go ahead and let her sort of introduce herself. And Bailey, if you just talk a little bit about where you started and where you are now, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks a lot for including me in this season. Everyone else that has been in the season has been phenomenal. I mean, I'm impressed with the people that you got on here. They're all really great. And I know most of them really well for the most part. Um, So Anyways, I'm Bailey Buck. I grew up in Medill, Oklahoma on a show cattle operation, Buck Cattle Company, as some of you may be familiar. We do mostly Maynard Jews and Herefords. Um, so I kind of grew up showing, I mean, my entire life I've been in the show cattle industry. And I mean, it made me a big part of who I am. Um, grew up doing all of that. Went to OSU for undergrad, go Pokes. Had a blast of a time. 
and was lucky enough to get into medical school at OSU's medical school in Tulsa. And I graduated from medical school in May, and I am in my first year of residency in Durant, Oklahoma right now as a family medicine resident. So that's kind of what has been occupying my time lately. I've been super busy. The hours are super hectic, as you guys can imagine, with all that's going on in the world right now. But that's basically my life in a very small nutshell. So let's talk about you showing kind of your success with that, um, your failures, some fond memories that you have. Basically, what's Buck Cattle Company? What do you guys do? What's your goals? Just kind of a general rundown of uh, your cattle operation growing up and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So um, we sell a lot of show cattle to juniors, um, open exhibitors, all breeding heifers for the most part. Like I said, Maine's and Herefords, that's kind of our bread and butter. Um, We actually didn't get into the Hereford business until I was in high school. Um, We did mostly Maine's and stuff up until then. Um, Then we got into the Hereford business and that was kind of actually, I kind of started into that as my kind of thing. I was kind of the only one showing Herefords for a while and then we kind of got a herd built up and really dove in deep with the Hereford people who are great people, by the way. Um, If you ever have a chance to work with the Hereford Association, they're incredible people. Um, So through that, I I mean, I grew up since I can remember, I was in the show barn um, after school, on the weekends, we were going to shows kind of all over the country. We did stuff like, I mean, we went to all the majors that everybody knows about. We went to junior nationals every summer, which was probably the highlight of my summer every year, uh, spending a week with friends that I'd made over the years from all over the country. Um, that was a great time. And I got a lot of great connections out of that. Met a ton of people that are still really good friends with me now. Um, I was really lucky to have a lot of success in the show ring with, I mean, no doubt my parents backing and all the guys that would help us and people that we bought cattle from over the years, definitely couldn't have done it without any of them. Um, I was pretty successful at those junior nationals that we showed at. Some of the fondest memories, I guess, my last year at uh, Hereford Junior Nationals, I was lucky enough to be a reserve in the horn show and win the pulled show in the same year. Uh, so that was kind of a whirlwind, definitely a lot of emotions. Um, that was my last junior show, so went out with a bang there. I, I had a lot of successes over the years, and I mean, it was a really great experience. And, you know, I think that a lot of people think, like, how the heck did you get to medical school from the show cattle world? But I think you'd be surprised at how many similarities line up. I mean, you're responsible for taking care of an animal and now I'm responsible for taking care of people, which may not seem like it lines up at all, but I mean, it takes a lot of dedication, hard work, all of that good stuff. And you have to have a good knowledge base to do any of it. So, I mean, it lines up more than people would think, I guess. That's what I'm saying. I am so intrigued about your current job, but I'm going to <laughs> refrain from asking those questions until a few minutes. So I'll give you some time, but I do, I am curious, are you still involved with your operation back home? I know you are super busy, but how do you keep yourself involved and stay current in the industry while still trying to balance your new job and life as you know it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely something that's been really tricky. So. Luckily, through medical school, I was able to stay pretty involved, and I was able to come home on the weekends and stuff or go to shows, and when I was on my clinical rotations, my preceptors, they were super easy to work with, and they thought, actually, the show cattle industry, they're like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. Like, I didn't even know anything about it, and so they were all super interested. Actually, in my 
medical school interview, um, they're like, we see that like on your personal statement that you grew up showing cattle and in the ag industry. And that's all we talked about my entire interview. So that was amazing. So I just got to talk about stuff that I loved the whole time. But it has, I will admit, it's been really hard to balance being a physician and being involved in the show cattle stuff. Um, but basically in all my free time, I either try to go home and look at baby calves or try to make it to a stock show every now and then. I'm actually going to try to go to the uh, Cattlemen's Congress in Oklahoma City this weekend. So on the weekends I have off, I mean, I have a lot of time to go do that kind of stuff. And then, of course, I keep in contact with my dad and my mom and the guys that help around the barn and stuff. And we're always talking about cattle and stuff. And they'll send me pictures and like this, this is what this one looks like. Isn't that cool? And I'll send them like a picture back from the hospital, you know, like this is my life. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it has been difficult, but I've been trying really hard to kind of keep up, even though it's a really hectic and busy schedule, but the free time has allowed me to do that. So one thing that like, I think, and maybe you'll disagree or agree. Um, I want to like, I guess how ask you about like how you knew you wanted to be a doctor, because I think that sometimes in this ag, um, in the livestock industry that we're in, a lot of people, you know, just that's what you do. You go back into ag and as, as awesome as that is, there's a lot of people who would be really good at other jobs that are kind of scared because it's not the norm. Um, so kind of your, how you, how you wanted to become a doctor, what have you always been wanting to become one? Um, did you change your major? Just stuff like that. So actually I got my degree in animal science from OSU. So I actually got to go that route and stay involved in the ag stuff and animal science part of things that I really enjoyed. And I had to take probably three or four extra classes to get my medical school like prereqs. But other than that, I got to do all ANSI stuff. So I got to stay in that group of people and people that I'd grown up with that went to OSU. So that was really nice that that worked out that way. And, you know, I really think you're right. I think that there are a lot of people in the ag industry that maybe I don't, I want to sound bad and say that they don't branch out, but maybe don't realize that like what they're capable of. Like you don't, just because you're start out in the ag industry doesn't mean you have to necessarily end up there. There are a lot of things that you can learn through the ag industry and showing cattle um, that kind of go and infiltrate into different aspects of other jobs. And for me, I've always been really like into science and medicine and stuff like that. And we had some good family friends. So Dr. Bob Morton and Dr. Randy Grillner, they're both people that we've had partnerships with cattle on and stuff. And I spent a little time with them and talking to them. And they're like, you know what? I think you would be great at medicine. Why don't you come hang out with us for a few days and see if you like it? And so I did that and I loved it. I loved getting to know patients and kind of being involved in their care and their life. I mean, I think that people don't realize that about doctors as well. You're not just taking care of people and like, see you later. Like you become an integrated part of their lives and you're helping take care of them. And you wind up knowing more about them than you would ever thought you would have. So I think that like the people in the ag industry are known for having good people skills. I mean, everyone's dealing with each other and discussing and um, trading secrets and all kinds of stuff like that. And that kind of integrates well into the medical career as well. But for me, I think that medicine kind of was my thing, if that makes sense. It kind of gave me my own little niche of things that I could do. I mean, I can still stay involved in the cattle industry and 
my family's business and things like that. But I have medicine as my thing that separates me, if that makes any sense. I just am so, so intrigued. I think that, so how long were you in school for? This is probably a really stupid question, but I'm known for those. So I might as well just continue it. No, it's not a stupid question. So um, I went to undergrad for four years and then medical school for four years. And then my residency, which I mean, technically I'm a physician, but I'm still in training. So that's going to be three years. Okay. So not as bad as I thought. So that's right. People are like, oh, you're going to be in school for 20 years. Like, no, 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 no. (laughs) That is so, I mean, it's just badass. I am, I, this is so stupid. So I actually, the house that I live in right now, I rent it from a surgeon and his girlfriend. And so I always end up asking him the silliest, stupidest questions because I am a Grey's Anatomy fan. <laughs> and I know, I know that it is nothing like real life, but like, what is a day in the life of what you're doing right now? Like, could you lay that out? And I realize days are different, especially with COVID and everything. And maybe we'll touch on that later, but like just a day in the life of Bailey, what does that look like? So I will say Grey's Anatomy. That is something I would like to go back and rewatch now that I've gone through medical school. I'm like, oh, this is silly or oh, this they actually got this right, you know, because um, I was a Grey's Anatomy fan, too, back in the day. So I think that would be really interesting. And I will say it's uh, not like that. I mean, there aren't people like cooking up in the on-call rooms and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. I was like, well, we have got to find out the truth. Like, is Bailey going to meet like all these you know, tens, tens of doctors and start bringing them around and they're all going to be McDreamies. Yeah. I will say it is not quite like that, (laughs) but any, any of the doctors that I've gone to or seen, I'm like, no, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Okay. So, but day in the life. So basically you're right. It is ever changing. So actually I spend four weeks doing different specialties since I'm going to be a family medicine doctor. So right now I'm on pediatrics, but I guess a more, um, more of a regular day of what I do normally is I'll basically wake up, be at the hospital around five ish in the morning, um, see all of my patients and then go through rounds with my attending, um, kind of stay there, take care of patients all day, have a nice little lunch break, which is a highlight of everyone's day. Um, take care of patients all afternoon, usually until about 6.30-ish, hand off to the night shift person, come home, kind of eat, maybe drink a beer or two and uh, settle down and then go to sleep and just do it all over again the next day. I want to like, I want to talk about like, you know, back to schooling and stuff. Was there ever a time where you just thought about giving up and like not becoming a doctor and, and not going for it? Like when it gets hard? And what, and what was your advice for people who are going through things that are hard and not seeing the end of it? Because obviously schooling's long. You feel like you've been in school and doing this forever. So what's your advice? Oh, right. I mean, so definitely my first semester of medical school was super trying. I mean, I had to relearn how to study and learn how to study every single day for multiple hours and, you know, take weekends to study because for some reason they scheduled our exams on Mondays. But I mean, it was a really trying time. It was like, this is super difficult. And like, I'm so stressed. I've never been so stressed or anxious in my life. And, you know, I think that I just had to find like healthy ways to cope with it, like exercising or like taking 
a study break and like getting out of the house with some of my classmates and like, let's go have a beer. Let's cool off. Like, let's just take a minute. And, you know, I, I sat down and I was be thinking about stuff and I'm like, you know what? I really just need to look towards the end goal. Like, this is all going to be really worth it one day. I'm going to have an incredible job, an amazing career. And it's like, this is just a stepping stone along the way. Like, you just have to get past this. And basically, I would just take it one day at a time. I mean, that's all you can do at that point. Just kind of go one day at a time and just try to power through those struggles. I mean, the best that you can. If you didn't go to unitedharvest.com during the holidays and take advantage of their holiday deals, there's still time, guys. There's still time. It's still the beginning of January. Um, you can go there, get a good deal on some meat, invite your family over again, okay? You didn't fight enough during the holidays. Bring them over, cook some meat, bring up politics, bring up religion, bring up everything. It doesn't matter because when you're eating a Wagyu prime rib, it's a cure-all, I promise. UnitedHarvest.com today. I just can't. Um, so I don't know if you know, Emma Troyer at all. She's going through medical school right now. And just like hearing some of the stories that she has, I, I, you just have to be super resilient, I think, just to go through something like that. Cause I think that, you know, like you said, you have to have your eyes on the end goal sometimes when it gets really tough. So that's, it's just badass. I know I said that before, but <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, do you like, what do you see yourself? I know you said family medicine so like do you see yourself specializing in a certain area so yeah so when you go apply to residency you apply to residency programs and that's when you pick your specialty so like family medicine is my specialty it's like a general specialty but it's still a specialty in and I'm, of a itself. I'm a freaking idiot sorry no you're, not. no you're not a lot of people don't realize that a lot of people don't realize that but the cool thing that and one thing that really drew me to family medicine is that I want to work in a rural community. I mean, like that's where I'm at home is in small town settings. Like I'm not a big city person. I lived in Tulsa for three years and I mean, I love Tulsa. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I don't want to live here for the rest of my life. But the cool thing about that is family doctors in small communities. I mean, I can have a clinic, uh, have my own like medical office, see patients as clinic patients. I have the opportunity to work in the emergency room if I so choose to. Um, I could see patients that are in the hospital. So, I mean, I have a large variety of things I could do. I mean, I could deliver babies if I really wanted to, stuff like that. So I have a lot of variety. Back to, not to just keep backtracking because I agree. No, with no, no. Backtracking so is cool. Because I, it's just so different. And um, I, you know, Maddie and I, my grandma and my mom both give anesthesia. I know Maddie's mom's a nurse. So we're, we're around all this. And yeah. it, just, it just wasn't for us. And, and that's totally okay. But back to your, your job interview, when they talked about you showing cattle the whole time, how much did you think that being in the livestock industry set you apart? I know we kind of talked about it, but just in terms of um, what you saw with your peers, like your communication skills, your patient stuff, being with patients, like where did you think your leg up was because of your background? Well, I mean, I think that that started from day one when I applied to medical school. And in my, you have to write an essay. It's a personal statement is what it's called. And I wrote about like living in the country and showing cattle and all that stuff. And I think that started setting me apart from that moment. And then in that interview, they were talking about it. And they're like, we don't know anything about this. So could you explain it to us? And I kind of went through all of the things that my family does and just growing up showing cattle and they were just completely mind blown. 
and like we were so intrigued and so interested and it was in Tulsa at that time and they're like next time Tulsa State Fair is here we're going because we're going to watch all this happen because we're so interested in it and so then that set me apart there and we talked about in that interview too about how people who grow up in the ag industry showing cattle whatever it be farming they have a different um, drive different determination different work ethic than maybe people that didn't I'm not saying it's necessarily better or more beneficial than other people you just it's different you just work harder to strive to one goal you just push yourself a little more I think and then even throughout medical school I was like you know the kid the ag kid right so I had that little cool thing and then on my uh, clinical rotations I'm really comfortable talking to people that I don't really know which I think a lot of that came from the cattle industry, because a lot of it is meeting new people, talking to people you don't know at stock shows and making friends that way. And so meeting new patients, I didn't have any issue trying to connect with them. And where I am in Durant is a pretty rural place. So I really had an easy time kind of connecting with some of the people that are farmers and ranchers because we had things in common. So it was easier for the patients to get to know me and feel comfortable with me as their doctor and that me feel comfortable with them as my patients. So I think it's given me a leg up that way, especially the community that I want to work in and my communication skills. And just, I mean, I've been used to being in the show barn at all hours of the night and early in the morning. So the early mornings, the late nights don't really bother me. I've been used to having to work at weird hours or work long hours. So I think that benefited me as well. So this is probably another really stupid question, but I'm just hammering them out tonight. So (laughs) what does say like the next... I know you're in residency, right? And for three years, you said, right? Okay. So what does the future past that look like? I know you had mentioned maybe opening a practice. So is that something that you're interested in in the future? And are you looking to stay in that area possibly? Yeah. So actually kind of ideally, it'd be cool to me to be able to have a clinic, kind of work some shifts in the ER, maybe see my clinic patients when they're in the hospital, kind of do a little bit of all of it. Uh, I think that I really like the variety and I like to switch it up every now and then, but that's kind of ideally what I would like to do is kind of do it all. And yeah, I think that somewhere like rural Southern Oklahoma is kind of where I want to stay. I mean, that's where my family is. It's where I'm comfortable. So yeah, I think that's the end goal for me. Okay. I'm about to do a complete 360. I know we've talked all school, all medical, your background, your family is into the bucking bulls, correct? Yes, ma'am. Let's talk about the bucking bulls. We all, I mean, at least I think most of us watch the NFR. I'm fascinated by it. I want the rundown and we're Maddie and I will ask a lot of questions because I think it is so interesting. Yeah. So, um, we have some really good friends of ours, the pages They're in Ardmore. Um, they're partners with us on all of our bucking bulls and bucking cows and stuff like that. Um, so we actually have cows of our own that raise, bucking stock as well but I mean we have bulls that are in the PBR and in the NFR it's kind of like a fun little fact you know like a lot of people I think in the show cattle industry now know but at first kind of when we were just kind of getting involved in all that stuff it was really kind of a a fun fact so I guess what do you guys want to know is a better question (laughs) I just want to know kind of like what that takes to raise them um how different is it than raising you know just livestock maintenance stuff like that I mean, I don't know that it's that different. I mean, it's still like requires the same amount of work ethic and kind of 
trying different things and figuring out what works and what doesn't. I mean, obviously there are very different types of livestock. I mean, you stand a buck and bull next to a show steer and it's, I mean, it's day and night difference, but I mean, it requires a lot of the same things, but a lot of different tricks and turns and the pages are great for that. They've been really good friends to us for that and kind of helping us figure out all the necessary things to do. I really want my dad to buy a bucking bowl and show it at like Denver or something. Oh my gosh. You need to just get him to buy one. He would be so excited. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) What'd you say? I just don't know if that would end as like as well as you think it might. I know. I I know. But it it sounds cool right now. It'd be so ranchy. He could even write it in. Can you imagine? Okay, picture this, everyone. Okay, we're actually going to be not Denver. We're going to be in Louisville. And instead of leading a calf down into the green shavings, he would be riding the steer down into the green shavings to be shown. Oh, my God. Green shavings would be flying everywhere. And so is your dad. (laughs) No, it's it's not even Todd flying off. It's Todd trying to get on. <laughs> I need we need a, a ladder or two or three and then maybe Brandon would have to take over. Yeah, it'd be it's a oh man, that's really a sight that I'm thinking about. Wow. Yeah, that is an image. That's that is an image. T-shirt design. <laughs> oh my god. Well, if people are listening for this long, make sure to comment on one of our posts or something. Tell us if you really want to get that mental image in your head and we can probably have Alyssa draw something up (laughs) okay Bailey so I this is a total random question but every time I see anything on social media of you you always look like you're the life of the party like having a blast wherever you go so what are some of your like fondest memories whether they be like in college or whatever who knows Oh my goodness. I don't even know if these are even legal to say on the air. Like, well, Jenna, uh, Jenna and I have dove into some really deep waters and haven't even scratched the surface. So you know what? Join the party. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think it says enough to say that I went to school in Stillwater and Jake Bloomberg was my roommate for a year. If that gives you any insight in my life um we we need no other definition (laughs) (laughs) but I mean we had an amazing time so I lived on Jefferson Street we actually called it like Kappa Kappa Jefferson like we were cool enough that we needed our own nickname which was ridiculous but I mean I I seriously I don't even know if I have a fondest memory we would just have like ridiculous dance parties like people on dancing on the tables acting a fool you know and then that is carried over. We have grown up significantly. Don't get me wrong. But uh, my friends and I from college, we kind of meet up as often as we can. And people have been getting married and stuff left and right. So we've had a pretty good opportunity with that. We we're all at a wedding together, um, New Year's Eve, actually. And man, that was one heck of a time. It, was, it might be a little rough to recount that for some of us, I think. But I mean, really, I don't, ha- I don't have a just like a specific memory, I don't guess. But I mean, if you haven't, I don't know if you guys have or not, but if you haven't parted in Stillwater, then you haven't lived as far as I'm concerned. You know, I think it's so awesome how you're still so close with all of your college friends. And like, I guess, you know, um, what's your just advice with friendship and, and 
people in college and holding on to those memories. Um, what do you, what, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I am really good friends still with a ton of people that I went to college with. Um, I think that it comes important. I mean, as you work your way through college, you kind of find your little group of people. I know that you may spend time with tens of hundreds of people or whatever, but you'll find a little group of people that you really connect with and are really close with. And when you graduate, I mean, it's, it gets hard at first because you kind of all go your different ways after you graduate from college, but you just got to stay connected. And then I have a group of friends and I, we make sure every month, at least we try to either go to someone's house or go to an event together or go on a trip together and just try to do something every month. So maybe we don't talk to each other every day, but we get together on a monthly basis and hang out and do stuff that way. And then you'll have those friends that you don't talk to every day, um, but you can pick up right where you left off. And those are the kind of friends that you want to be sure to keep. I mean, you, you'll find your group of people and you just make sure you stay in contact with them and they'll support you and back you through all of it. I mean, medical school would have been impossible without friends that were outside of the medical situation to kind of pull me back down to earth and be like, yeah, things you're going through are rough right now, but like focus on this. This is what's good. This is where you're going. This is amazing. And you just kind of, you need those people to keep you grounded. And I think that's really important to have that in your friends. I love that. And I think that that's something to live by because even though I think it's good, it's so refreshing to be able to see that you took a different path than let's say the typical ag person, I guess is what I would say. And you've still, you've still like kept those friendships and still been able to do that. And I think that's just a testament to show that, you know, ag friendships, true friendships can withstand anything, Um, whether that be medical school or, you know, whatever distance, whatever it might be. I think that that's just something to really keep in mind. So um, my phone keeps telling me that we are running out of time because of my stupid Zoom. So as we round up here, do you have any other like parting words of advice or anything that you'd like to tell the listeners, like advice going forward in their life, whether they're going through a hard time right now or just trying to make it through college? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think that the biggest thing you can do is just keep your end goals in mind. Like we talked about times are going to get hard and you're going to feel like quitting, but you can't and just, you just have to persevere and just keep your head up and remember what you're really aiming towards. It might be the worst Monday of your life, but you have to look forward to what you're going to have in the next four years or five years or 10 years. Uh, and just kind of think about that to keep you grounded. And like we talked about, make sure you keep in contact with your friends, your family. They're going to be there for you. They're going to keep you grounded. But just keep your head down, work hard, and you can accomplish anything. Don't ever limit yourself at all. Well, Bailey, thank you so much, Dr. Bailey Buck, for coming oh. on. And um, I love the episode because you have such a different, you've taken such a different route than so many people. And um, it, it's good to, to realize that there's so many boss babes within our uh, industry who do and, and branch out, but you're still, you know, one of us and we're so rooting for you. And hopefully, you know, we don't, I don't have to ever see you in the hospital or something. <laughs> No, not I hope you don't either, but like not in that setting, but, um, we are so thankful for you coming on and peace out.
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for including me in the great season. It's been awesome so far to listen to all these ladies and their stories. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Are you tired of being ugly? Are you tired of wearing boring clothes? Did you finally throw away your rock revitals? Revivals? Well, head over to the Stock Market Boutique. You will get new jeans. Thank Jesus, okay? And they're flare, so you can't tuck them into your boots, which we're excited about. And then you'll put a cute shirt on, and you'll just be ready to go. That's the Stock Market Boutique. And then you're going to go, and you're going to use the code TKP10, the Keeper Pen 10 abbreviated, obviously. And you're going to get 10% off your order. And then you're going to wear it around. And you're going to tag us in your pictures. And we're going to just hype you up like we always do. And you won't be ugly anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And that's the tea, sis. And that's the tea. <laughs>